Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it is an entertainment talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you today? I'm doing good, how are you doing today? Not too bad, although we currently don't have a sink in this house because they're doing the kitchen and today was the day that they removed the sink. So, uh, and it's actually in the front garden because the guy that ripped it out said, I don't have my van, I'll have to come back with the van tomorrow and remove it from your garden. So that's what's going on with me at the moment. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what's happening. Have you ever had your kitchen done? Kind of. My parents have, so. Right. Yeah, that's the situation that I'm in. Um, what have you been playing in the last week? Uh, I've been bouncing around between a few things. I got a little bit of a start on God of War on the Mm. PS4. And then, for whatever reason, there decided to be a massive Square Enix sale on the PS4 store. And so I picked up, uh... Dragon Quest, uh, Dragon War, uh, Dragon Quest Eleven, Warriors of an Elusive Age, and I'm a big uh, fan of uh, that genre, so I got that and started uh, playing that a bit. So, and then um, I've been playing uh, Crackdown Three. I'm trying to finish it up before my uh, uh, tw- um, Game Pass Game Pass expires at the uh, April seventh. Uh, and yeah, so I've just been bouncing around a few things. Cool. So how's, uh, have you played the Square Enix games? Uh, I haven't played one in a really, really long time. And I do like uh, Dragon Quest Eleven. It is very, very obvious that the people in charge of the art direction were in charge of the Dragon Ball Z art. Because there are so many simul- similarities, it's not even funny. What's... But the story's good. You know, it's got a nice pacing to it. Mm-hmm. It's was, none of that, was that frantic. The game that was in the uh, Nintendo Direct, and I I kind of like remember. Yeah, it. I think yeah. yeah. And so it's coming to Switch. So I'll probably <clears throat> I'll probably wait till it comes to Switch to uh to try that out. So do you, do you think I will like it? I suppose. Uh, it's hard telling because it's not mm. like the Final Fantasy kind of like frenetic pace. You know, attack, 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 switch. You know, counter combo thing. It's it's turn based. So you know, once your character's turn comes up. You do that, and then you can turn you know character actions on or off, and you have different uh, fighting styles, as they call it. So just you know, you know, you always use magic, always attack, uh, heal when possible, things like that. Um, but and it, it's very generic in terms of its phrasing, but it's fairly um, uh, accurate in terms of you know, do it having a setting to where you want a character to do a certain thing, and that character does that certain thing. Okay, well, the only way I'll know is when it comes to Switch, play it and find out. So uh, so I was playing uh, Resident Evil 2 this week. I got sent a copy back, which was good. Um, and I I played through all of Claire A, and then I went on to Leon B. And I've seen both sides of both, or I've seen all four sides of the, the things, which is either Claire A, then Leon B, or Leon A, then Claire B, because it's like a two-sided story or whatever. And... um. I kind of have counted the game as if I've finished it because although there's like a true ending that you get right at the end which is where you basically you basically defeat the boss that is teased at the end of your first um, playthrough depending on who that is. Um, and then as I was going through the Leon stuff and you know going back into the main hall finding ammo finding this and that going to different rooms finding the wheel that you need the crank that you need the book and all, all the little items that you need for the the quest stuff i i, I will say I'll, I'll call them quest items if you if you will things that you'll need to pick up to 
put somewhere or turn something in order to progress forward. So like the uh, the wheel that you have for the steam thing that, so that you can go through the shower room and go to the other side of the thing. And I just felt like I was playing the same thing again with slight differences and with a different character. So I, I kind of felt like I was just replaying the game again. Um, so that's why I kind of stopped and was like, okay, I've I've played Resident Evil 2. Um, and plus I know the final boss, like the true final boss and that kind of stuff. So I sort of already knew what I was going to run into and just didn't feel the need to go through and play that. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, as much as I enjoyed it, as much as the game is great and fantastic and like it, it was really surprising to me. Um, was it when I actually, because I didn't know what the original PS1 looked like the original PS1 version in 98 looked like even when I saw uh, the 2019 version uh, so after about my first you know when I first played this game for about 5 hours and then dropped out and stuff like that um, I then went and looked up you know, on YouTube the 98 version it's really quite amazing how they've taken the game the game with like you know the same kind of story and similar s- certain things I'm sure cha- things would change and that kind of stuff um, but like with the fixed camera angle and stuff, I'm really surprised at their ability to essentially uh, kind of you know make the same game but with changes, and like significantly update the graphics and the gameplay and make it like an over-the-shoulder third-person game. I think the Capcom's ability to do that with this was really quite amazing. So even though I didn't finish the second half of my playthrough, I think the game's amazing, and um, yeah, I just felt like I was playing something I, I had already seen. So. I wasn't sort of encouraged to go forward. Um, played a little bit more of Red Dead Online. It's good, but the two kind of things that are putting me off a bit is, you know, because I've played the whole, you know, Red Dead 2 campaign and the long story and everything, you don't have a talking protagonist when you're playing online because you're playing as a created character. And you also, you know, you, you can't... you can port you could bring up the pause menu but it doesn't pause the game and stuff so with me being used to like okay i'll do this quest set um you know uh, arthur up to do this or that and then pause the game put the ps4 in suspend suspend mode or rest mode and then come back and boot it up and simply continue from where i was taking away kind of that aspect of it and i knew that that was going to be a thing because it's an online game and i can't you know leave my character standing in the middle of wherever and just simply come back later um, having those two things sort of be taken away, specifically more with the you know talking uh, protagonist, because obviously when it comes up and Arthur's talking in certain scenes or reacting to certain characters, um, it like engages you a lot more. And to not have that there really does take away a bit from it. And it feels just a bit like okay, you go around, you do these different missions and different set pieces and whatnot, and then you kind of just collect money and upgrade your camp. And I just wanted something else there. The, the mechanics and everything of the game are still fantastic and still obviously transferred from the single player and stuff. But um, I just wanted something slightly different to what I've got. I'll probably jump in a little bit more and play a few more bits and pieces because there's, there's other stuff I still want to do. But it it isn't really that thing of like, oh, if I've only got half an hour, I can't quickly like do part of a quest and then put the PS4 in rest mode. I either have to finish it or quit the thing that I'm doing. So... Um, I mean, that's kind of the the reality of playing online games is you can't like pause the thing and come back to the exact same spot. So, do you get what I mean with that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm you know I've spoken before about my high school history and Call of Duty and that kind of stuff, but that would be more of a case of like, uh, you know, the games were kind of shortish and um, 
like you know if 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 you're playing search and destroy or something and you've died you could probably leave or whatever and if if you needed to go off and, and do something and i mean that was a different time that was high school and it would pretty much be you'd finish high school come home and play the game until you were going to go to bed and now obviously things are different and stuff like that so i mean it's the same it's the same rules but <laughs> you, you were just in a different situation so um that's kind of that as well but yeah what i, what I want to kind of do is uh, i mean i've still got two slots in my uh, rental thing so they could send me any two of the games in my list tomorrow um but i'm going to get back into some vr stuff because it's been how long have I meant? How long has it been since I mentioned VR? Like a couple of weeks at least, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to kind of get into a bit more of that. Play some more uh, Astrobot because I'm on the third out of the fifth world. I think is where where I left off. So I want to go back in and do some more uh, VR stuff because last thing I played was a uh, Headmaster, which was very very good. But that was the last thing I played. Um, to get back into a bit more of that, I've added some VR games to my list, so I could be sent some of those. Um, and then just mix that with a bit of Red Dead until I jump up to something else. So that's kind of going to be me over the next couple of weeks. So, um, and yeah, I'm I'm kind of waiting for the, uh, what was it called? I think it's called like Blood and Lies or something. You know, I talked before about the uh, London Heist demo thing that you sort of have. And there's a very, very short demo version, which is a shooting range. And then there's the quote unquote full game, which is like seven sort of short uh, set piece levels that's like kind of the full game of London Heist this uh, Blood and Lies thing is from the same developer and they basically took the mechanics and everything that they've got but put it into like a full campaign I'm assuming it's maybe like five to six hours or something because you can probably do the London Heist stuff in I don't know how long did that take me I, I, I think I did a, a video for the whole thing so it's somewhere between like 15 minutes and half an hour may, maybe and you can do like certain different scenarios where you choose to save a certain person and that so uh, that doesn't actually have a release date at the moment, but I'm really looking forward to seeing like a fully f- fle- fleshed out sort of version of of that game and stuff. And they've shown a bit at uh, I think like PSX and E3 and some some other stuff. So uh, and I mean yeah, with Sony not being at E3 this year, and we'll talk about E3 in, in a bit. It's going to be inter- interesting to see when that comes out. So uh, did do you remember seeing any gameplay for that? The Blood and Lies stuff? Not off the top of my head, no. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's essentially like the whole you know first person uh, gun game sort of stuff that you have, and uh, they just fleshed it out a lot more. So uh, yeah, that's all the stuff that we've been playing. Let's move into a bit of housekeeping. Today's sponsor is Kirsty Legister's Juice Plus. If you would like to get help with trying to lose weight, this might just be the solution that you're looking for. With a range of products that include shakes, boosters capsules and more get started today all you need to do is click on the Kirsty legisters juice plus link in your show notes or description on itunes or on the website go over to her facebook profile send her a facebook message and get started with the program today Today's second sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right-hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. Sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon. There's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. 
and then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier that will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in in the past and get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well so it's a great way to support us on entertainment talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts as always thank you very much for listening back to the show Okay, so recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, we're doing a bunch of podcasts today. Me and David uh, talked about this week's The Walking Dead. Uh, so for the second half of Season 9, we're still continuing that. Uh, before we came on and recorded Gaming Talk, me, Robert and David all did a uh, part 2, you could call it, of our Captain America review. I did part 1 on my own as my, like, you know, come home after seeing the film, give my... Captain initial... Marvel. Yeah, that's... what did I? No, you said, you said Captain America. Did I? Oh. Yep. Okay, I think I actually said that in my first review by accident. But yeah, Captain uh, Marvel, My uh, b- both the reviews should be out there by the time you, you hear this, or the second one should be close to it. Um, we also did some M- MCU predictions, MCU talk, and all that kind of stuff. It was uh, it was pretty good. Uh, the Flash and Arrow have both returned for the second half of their current season, so season 5 for The Flash and season 7 for Arrow. Got to keep track of all the different shows and the seasons. Uh, speaking of shows and seasons, uh, Star Trek Discovery is still also continuing for the second season on CBS All Access and Netflix. So that's been interesting to do. Uh, Ricky Gervais came out with a new television show called Afterlife. It's on Netflix. It's a very short comedy. Six episodes and they're about 25 minutes each for, for the episodes. Uh, six of those, um, I called it a work of art and I still very much believe that it is that. Um, very, very emotional stuff and some, some you know... Uh, tough to tackle tough to talk about sort of topics in there depression and anxiety and mental illness and loss and grief and all that kind of stuff but uh ricky javert somehow managed to put that into comedy because one minute you'll be laughing and the next minute you'll be kind of crying or choking up or whatever uh have you checked out any of that uh not yet it's in my list of things to watch but that list is so damn long (laughs) yeah me too uh, I'm trying to watch The Wire at the moment. I'm at the end of uh, the first season. I've got like a couple of episodes left. So yeah, we always have lots of stuff to watch. Um, but yeah, go and check that out if you want to on Netflix. And if you haven't started the show yet and you want a uh, spoiler-free impressions, watch the first two episodes and then check out my uh, spoiler-free impressions uh, for the first two episodes review that's out there as well. That's if you haven't started the show. So uh, that's what we got going on roughly at the moment on entertainmenttalk.org or the podcast platform of your choice. Uh, let's move into some news. Okay, so what would you like to talk about today? Well, we'll start off with EA since you mentioned it uh, earlier. They mm. are not going to have as big of a presence at E3 this year. Uh, they did announce uh, from a blog post that in the run-up to E3, they will still be holding the EA Play Fan Festival, which they've been doing for a couple of years now. But instead of a traditional press conference to kick off the event, the company plans on making a, now- a series of announcements during random various live streams during E3. In a quote from the CNN article that I'm reading, this year you'll see less talk and more play with an event entirely focused around the heart of EA Play, our community, our player communities, and the games they love. Obviously, EA has had a rocky start this year. They uh, had a peak with the Apex Legends coming out of nowhere and crushing it in the uh, Battle Royale genre. 
And then they've had just problem after problem after problem with Anthem. So it's very rocky start, very up and down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see what comes out of everything this year from their limited presence at EA. It's it's interesting this news came out because Sony was the one that I was most interested to see, obviously because Last of Us 2 is my most anticipated game, and they're the ones that are doing that game. Um, so I obviously wanted to see more, and if we were going to see more of Death Stranding and the mystery and all that kind of stuff, I was very interested to see that as well, as well as, uh, what's the other game? Ghost of Tsushima is uh, mm-hmm. the one that's been announced. Um, so it's interesting that the two companies that I, you know, one that I was have been debating in the last couple of years, just skipping the conference and watching bits and pieces on YouTube, which is the EA, and the one that I wanted to see the most was Sony, both of them kind of dropping out. But in this situation, it's more of a case of, we're kind of not going to be at E3, but we're still going to do this EA Play stuff. So we're kind of just changing bits and pieces that we're doing. Although, wasn't it wasn't this called EA Play before? So Yeah, like, EA Play goes back to 2016, so... Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's interesting that the company that I sort of cared least about out of the ones that go to uh, E3, one of them's um, dropping out, and the one that I wanted to see most is uh, dropped out as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Aside from, uh, like, Mirror's Edge and a couple of other EA games, there's just not a whole lot that I'm invested in with that company, as opposed to Sony, who have, you know, Spider-Man, God of War, and all these other exclusives that have just come out and were very invested in and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I mean, so when they sort of announced, like, we won't kind of be there, but we'll be at EA Play, I was like, huh, okay, I'll, you know, I mean, Microsoft is clearly going to be, like, the biggest presence now at E3 with like they're probably going to have a whole stage show and all that kind of stuff and yeah I mean kind of by default though because yeah. nobody else is showing up mm-hmm. uh, Nintendo will probably do their uh, is it Treehouse thing or their direct thing that they they usually do uh, Ubisoft hopefully they have some kind of conference it'd be interesting to see if they talk about Assassin's Creed this year because there's not one coming out this year at least that's what they've said anyway um, who else goes to E3 Usually. Bethesda, but I don't Bethesda. know if they'll have anything this year because I don't know if they have any games that they're going to announce that are going to be close. Yeah, because Rage Two will be out, won't it? Um, Rage Two will be out or close to being out. I think it's out in May. Um, at some point. Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six. They're not. Gonna, neither of those games are going to come out for at least a couple of years. Yeah. They won't um, be ready for those. So I don't know what would come out, honestly. Mm. Uh, but yeah, how do you feel about? EA and E3 and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the more the bigger companies start to pour out, pull out rather, the more I think that you know this is just EA is just kind of a dying thing. It needs to, if it's gonna, it might go away, and if it does, that would be sad. But that's just natural evolution. If it really wants to survive, it needs to figure out a way to reinvent itself to be more relevant because we're getting more and more away from the big companies doing big pressers with big live events. Mm-hmm. I I would be pretty bummed out if uh, if E three just wasn't a thing in a couple of years because um, it is kind of our our Super Bowl in a way like you know the the big companies all come out and say like hey even though all these games won't be out they'll be out at some point between the next year or three or depending on what games you're talking about um, like even with certain games that you know have been announced that we we know won't be coming for like a couple of years like when Death Stranding was was announced and stuff we knew that that was going to be a few years away yet um i i still just like to have it as kind of a celebration of of games and the game awards have almost 
kind of taken its place in terms of that because we started having more and more trailers and big announcements and that sort of thing at the Game Awards. So um, I wonder if the Game Awards is just going to blend some of that, but E3 will still be a little something in in a certain way. I don't know. Um, Hard telling. I mean, the Game Awards have gotten away from awards and just been more and more commercial for games that aren't going to come out yet. Mm. So honestly, I'd like to. I know they have to pay the bills and keep the lights on. Yeah. But I'd like to see more awards at the Game Awards. Yeah. We've seen we've seen too many trailers and too many upcomings and too many of this and that and too many weird people swearing on uh, the stream. Uh, which I I do enjoy to a point, but it just gets to the ridiculous after a while. So. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll see what the future of E three holds, obviously. And uh, yeah, there's just there's just a big question mark over Sony and like when are they going to talk next and what are they going to say? And um, I, I'm assuming we'll get news first about these, you know, the big three games that we always keep talking about, as opposed to PS five. So um, I mean, it might all be in the same news thing. We because we we, we we just don't know what Sony's going to do. So. Um, but yeah, if you could tell, I just don't really have a whole lot of investment in a lot of uh, EA stuff. I mean, I know I still play FIFA and stuff like that, but they've almost shied away from showing uh, some of that game in, in recent years. It's been more of a case of like, hey, look, we have the Champions League, and hey, look, we have uh, the World Cup, and and that sort of thing. And like, hey, look at the changes that we're making to Ultimate Team, which is where we make a ton of money. Um Unless I feel like they've generally sort of strayed away a little bit from single player like narrative games. I know they had like Unravel and The Way Out, but they they did used to have a lot more. So um, yeah, they've sort of turned into more of like a full price uh, service or company that still has like games of it as a service. So you, like you pay sixty dollars for FIFA, but then you still pay for like packs and stuff like that and with battlefront and with battlefield and those sorts of things still having things that you could buy and everything um they've turned into a very strange and company that i'm just beginning to yeah not like too much um and i i guess it's kind of okay because like i said a lot of the games i just don't have too much investment in um apart from fifa because like battlefield i'm not gonna go online and play that sort of stuff battlefront 2 i probably will never go back to that game um, other than what they're doing with the Star Wars license, which you know, with like the is it the Fallen Jedi that they're calling the Fallen Order, Fallen Order that 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 game, like what's that going to be? What's their next game going to be? Are they going to cancel another Star Wars game? What's going to happen there? Now, that's my own only kind of investment in EA at the moment. So I'm much much more interested in like what Bethesda are going to do, and specifically like Ubisoft with uh, Trials and Assassin's Creed and all those kinds of games that I've said that I've liked in the past. So. Uh, anything else, or should we move on? Oh, we can move on. Cool. What else do you have? Well, for uh, PlayStation users, uh, once you've updated your system to version 6.5, mm. uh, you will enable PS4 remote play apps for the iPhone and the iPad. Uh, with these apps, users can control their PS4 over Wi-Fi with the said devices running iOS 12.1 or later. Uh, using the on-screen controller, you're able to control the console as well as your PS4's screen on your device. Additionally, the app will allow you to use the device's microphone for voice chats and its keyboard for entering text. Uh, Sony recommends using at least an iPhone 7, a 6th generation iPad, or a 2nd generation iPad Pro or later. Uh, as you remember, the remote play was a key feature when it launched in 2013 via the PlayStation Vita handheld. 
you know, RIP Vita. Yep. Um, and this feature was expansion to the Xperia line of phones, which has long since gone bye-bye. Um, and this is the last uh, platform to get it, as that feature was available on Android, PC, and Mac. Um, so yeah, I have downloaded the app, and it just comes with because the you can't connect your uh, PS4 controller to your iPhone for some reason. Um, and yeah, like on-screen controls just aren't good for those sorts of games. Um, like I I I tried messing about a little bit in Resident Evil in in one of the more safer areas, and on-screen controls with like analog sticks and L1 and L2 and Square, it just doesn't really work as like an on-screen control kind of thing. I mean, I, I remember speaking before about uh, Fortnite on iOS and how you can play it on there, but like. In order to like turn and aim and shoot and move, it's just not comfortable. Um, I mean, some of you might have had better experiences than me. Maybe you're a little bit more used to mobile mobile gaming and on-screen controls and stuff. Um, but I've specifically with the analog sticks, and this kind of runs in both cases with um, Fortnite and with the, the PS4 thing. I know Fortnite doesn't necessarily have uh, the analog stuff as much as it is like swiping the screen left and right or whatever. It's just not a comfortable way to play. Plus the fact that with your phone being mostly a screen at this point, you're sort of putting your your thumbs and fingers in the way of all that as opposed to when you play on a screen, you don't have to look, look at your controller unless you need to for some reason and you can just see all the screen in front of you. So I appreciate the effort from Sony to like put this on iOS and stuff, but it's just not a comfortable way to play games. So, um, I mean, I tried using it before to like one of the downloads and like the the Wi-Fi sort of wasn't having it and that that's another kind of it's kind of all feeds into my whole problem with this sort of like xCloud and streaming future and let's stream games and let's buy consoles without disk drives and stream all the games it's just not gonna work as well as uh, downloading games and stuff like I, I assume most of you don't want to like if you haven't got great internet and stuff and depending on how exactly this xCloud stuff sort of works uh, and the streaming future works. If your internet isn't good enough, it's just not going to work. So, um, what are your thoughts on all this stuff? Well, I could kind of see it being an interesting use for the microphone aspect of it. Like, if you wanted right. to mic up in, in parties for games, but you didn't want the cord attached to your controller for whatever reason, and you didn't want to shell out the giant bucks you know, for a wireless headset, mm-hmm. I could kind of see a use for that. If it stays connected, um, yeah. That's yeah, if it stays connected. Yeah. And if you're watching a stream like on Twitch or something and you want to type faster than the controller would allow, because um, I do that a lot on Twitch with my Xbox when I'm watching a Twitch channel, is I'll have the Xbox app running on my uh, iPad and I'll just do all the typing on that because I can type a lot faster than, you know, hunt and peck and tab and tab and tab and arrow over the back, left, right, whatever. Mm hmm. Um, that you can with a controller, so... Yeah, it's interesting, because I saw the, uh... What's this? X, Xcloud, the, the thing from Xbox. I saw a little thing on the Inside Xbox episode. It was like a five-minute clip with one of the, the guys that's that's doing it. And her saying, like, oh, wow, I've got, like, Forza... Is it, it's Forza, isn't it? Not Forza. Forza. I've heard it both ways. Okay, I'll just call it Forza. Because there's, no there's no T in the title. Um... Like she, she was given this controller and she was given like one of them clips for the for the uh, phone and that sort of stuff. She's like, "Oh wow, I'm playing Forza on the phone. That's a great idea, 
But if your Wi-Fi cuts out or slows down, you're going to get like slower gameplay and your thing's just going to cut out. So I just don't, yeah, I, I still just don't have much faith in this whole streaming future that we've all kind of hinted towards. So unless there's better technology and development, it's just not going to work so much. So, um, and that ties into the PS app and the xCloud and all that sort of stuff. Um, I would much, much rather just download my games than than stream them and like be about to go into an important cutscene and sorry you're just you're disconnected so um i yeah how, how do you kind of feel about the streaming future and that sort of stuff we're just gonna need faster internet yeah, and devices definitely. to process it yeah it's that's one of the complaints that i've always had about vr is that it's, it's getting a lot better I don't know if you managed to watch that clip that I sent you uh, for the Beat Saber. I sent you another one. Um, and I don't know if you've get, gotten a chance to see that or not. So you, but you can clearly see the VRs. Did, but... Yeah, I sent it to you uh, like, like four or five days ago. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's clearly getting better, but it's also clearly not to the level that it needs to be for like mass acceptance for it. And streaming is the same way. I mean, we're getting much, much better on our internet speeds. I mean, hell, I grew up, my first internet connection was on a dial-up modem that was 2,600 bits per second, which is arc, is like it's like Pong when you compare it to like today's internet. Um, and it's still, you know, we still have issues with speed, and there's always going to be issues with speed, mm-hmm. uh, just because, you know, file sizes is getting bigger, resolution's getting bigger, you know, we're not really even at a speed where we can consistently stream, you know, high-end 4K video. Yeah. And they've already got 8K monitors out there and 8K graphics cards out there, so. Yeah, I mean, when I see people online talk about, like, oh, I can't wait for the diskless future and digital only future and streaming future. And I'm just like, is that really what you what you want? Is, is this actually a good idea? Am I missing something? Or, like, you know, paying, you know... Because games digitally on the Xbox stores and all the and PlayStation stores are more expensive, so like, do we really want a digital only future where we're paying more for games and it's just the idea of a cheaper console and then you're streaming it and then it's digital only? Like, I, I well, we're know. we're already paying more for games now. I mean, last yeah. week's episode where we talked about the near hundred dollar DLC pack for season one of Dead or Alive Six. I mean, that's why game prices haven't gone up to 60 bucks because they're withholding so much of it out of the system as, you know, system updates and as uh, DLC. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. So, yeah, I still don't like the idea of a streaming future, but uh, we will see what happens. I mean, it's not going to happen tomorrow. I'm still going to be able to play downloaded games on the PS4, that kind of stuff. So we'll just have to see what happens with the future. Uh, what mm-hmm. else do you want to talk about? Well, um, if you're if you've ever seen anything involving Phoenix Wright but never been able to play it because you never owned a 3DS, well, your time is coming now. Uh, set for a worldwide, well, when I say worldwide, I mean simultaneous U.S. and U.K. release date of April 9th. Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Trilogy will be hitting the PC, PS4, and Xbox One platform. Uh, the trilogy is going to be the three main Phoenix Wright games. There's Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. There's Phoenix Rice, Justice for All, and then Trials and Tribulations, which is a prequel leading up to the first two games. Uh, so you'll be able to play them in order. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that franchise at all, but it's really no. kind of cool that a m- mostly, almost exclusively, you know, Japanese game is finally going to get some UK and US love. Yeah, um, I've I've sometimes heard about like. 
some games not being released in whatever the West is, or some games not being released in Japan and stuff. And um, I I still think we've got a long way to go. Uh, it's interesting when we were just talking about like the future of games or streaming and stuff. We still have the problem of like releasing things in every country at the same time. And uh, like I mean, it's a much much bigger problem with TV than it is with uh, games and films. Games and films are fairly more close to each other whereas some tv shows like over here we get six months after they air in the u.s like some some are a lot lot better like we've discussed in the uh uk and u.s comparison episode that we did a couple of weeks back um but yeah i've heard about games getting banned in like certain different countries for like censorship reasons and like games getting banned in canada and the west and japan and uh some sort of issue with the xbox in japan and i just don't get why this stuff's kind of like that so um do you know anything anything more about those things? No, not really. I mean, occasionally I'll read an article about uh, localization issues yeah. in uh, Australia because of, because of their uh, ruling board covering you know that kind of thing. Um, I've seen a lot of games to where they won't get released in Australia just because they refuse to give it a rating, and when it doesn't have a rating, then it can't get released. So it's a kind of de facto way of actually censoring things without actually censoring things. Yeah, it's strange. Um, and yeah, it's still weird in 2019 that we have problems like this. So, um, yeah, is there anything else you want to say about this? Nope. Cool. What else do you have to talk about? Uh, well, the next big game that we have to talk about is uh, Crackdown 2 was added to Xbox One's backward compatibility list, and to celebrate it, uh, they made it as a free download. So if you go into the uh, Xbox store, either on your PC or on uh, your Xbox, and search for Crackdown 2, you can purchase it for free. Is this an apology for Crackdown 3? See, I don't know why... I don't even know that you would need to apologize for Crackdown 3, because I've been playing it, and it's not a bad game. I mean, it's not, like, the prettiest game out there. Right. But they never build it as the prettiest game out there with, like, the highest in, you know... Graphics of you know Battlefield Five, Battlefield One level technology, anything like that. No, it's always been that lower level of cell shading for the upper you know ability to just go hog wild with the explosions and effects and everything. So yeah, um, it's it's really strange how Microsoft is basically trying to say like have game pass for a dollar to i saw another like trailer advert thing on Facebook. you know how you get those like sponsored ads on, mm-hmm. on facebook like hey play uh a, a month of xbox game pass for another dollar um or, or pound rather because you know uk stuff um and they've what was it they did december january and february were all like two dollars like get two months for two dollars and now yeah that's like, what i purchased recently was uh yeah. march and april for two bucks mm-hmm and then they're trying to, you know, like, there's the rumors of the whole Game Pass on Switch thing and Game Pass going on to PC and xCloud and stuff. Um, it just seems like Microsoft... And I'm not necessarily saying this negatively because, um, you know, it, it might be more of a success than what they have planned. I mean, I'm not in with their business plans and that kind of stuff, so they probably have something else planned that I don't know about. Um, it just kind of seems like Microsoft is sort of saying, OK, we want all of our games to be on, on all the platforms probably apart from Sony, because that's, you know, the direct competitor. Um, like, we want all of our games on, like, Switch and PC and iPhone and tablet and all that kind of stuff, and we want Games Pass to almost be free with, like, you know, one or two dollars, and, like, 
just kind of like trying to throw as many Game Pass things into the crowd as possible. Um, it's really interesting to see them do this kind of change. So um, I just wonder how it, it's all going to kind of work out. So, um, well, I've I've been using the Game Pass as a way to explore new genres and games that I normally yeah. would have normal played. Because we talked about this a few months back, the first time I did the Game Pass, to where I played uh, um, a Graveyard Keeper, and I never would have purchased that game unless it was like on some crazy freaky sale. And yeah. I sunk quite a few hours into that. Uh, for those people that don't know the game. It's basically like a macabre Stardew Valley is the easiest way to describe it. Um, but, you know, it had some bugs at the launch, but just, you know, with more like files missing for like uh, text prompts because it's all text based. Uh, but it was a good game and I enjoyed a lot. You know, I enjoyed my time with it, but I would have never played that game had it not been for Game Pass. And right now I'm doing the Game Pass just because I wanted to play crackdown 3 but i knew i didn't want to own crackdown 3 so this was a, a right. good compromise it was a a very well use of the two dollars i spent mm-hmm. it's very much like a digital version of i mean it's netflix for games but it's also like a digital version of boomerang in a way but yeah. you don't have to wait for things to get sent and post them back and that kind of stuff and there's no limit to the number of games you can play yeah yeah um i i wonder like because um, I had the Game Pass in there, first of all, they said, like, what was it, eight eight pounds or eight dollars, and then, like, they didn't have the uh, first day release for their new releases at, at the start. If they had had, like, bigger games um, and, like, more successful games and stuff like that, I'm really curious to see, I mean, you would have had to gone to, like, an alternative timeline or whatever. Would Microsoft have been still going down the same path of like we want all of our stuff on all all the devices and consoles and we want you to get it for like as cheap as possible? So because it can't be cheaper than a dollar. I mean it can. It can be a cent or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean technically they could give you a free month just as like a prize. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there was actually some sort of something I saw about like if you buy a digital version of. Spider the Spider Verse film you get like a free Game Pass or or something but I I can't remember exactly what the the details were so it's really kind of interesting to see them say like okay we haven't been as successful on the exclusives front we've still got this really solid hardware with the the One X but like the games wise we want to sort of turn it into a service which is like you know again putting the Game Pass on all these different platforms and making it as cheap as possible so uh yeah I, I, w- I just wonder if they'd have done the same thing if the exclusives had a bit if they had had more and better exclusives i suppose so do you think they would have done the same thing uh it's hard telling i mean you yeah. never really know where anything is gonna, actually ever gonna go so mm-hmm. it's just one of those things that this is where it is now so let's uh take advantage of it yeah, because they've kind of had to look at, like, okay, Sony's beating us, like, they got all these exclusives and stuff, and then they've kind of said, okay, we've, we'll make all these studio purchases, but they won't be able to release any games tomorrow or in the next six months or probably or maybe the next year. We'll have to see where they're at with their games. So, like, we can't do anything about that immediately. Like, we can't force five new IPs in front of you because we just don't have them made. And then they've kind of had to say, like, okay, we got the One X, so we got this, like, you know, really powerful console, what can we do with it? And then they came up with Game Pass, and it's sort of just been their way to spread games around. So, yeah, interesting to see what they'll do in the future. So, and I mean, it kind of ties to, you know, because they brought, what, five, six, seven studios? I can't remember how many they brought. If they all come out with, like, critical hits, like Ninja Theory comes out with something good, and 
uh, Obsidian and uh, in Exile, if they all come up with like really really good games, are they are they still they're still gonna kind of have to stick to the same. Okay, Game Pass, very cheap day one games, because they can't really go back on that. It's just because like, hey, we've got like better games. We're not gonna release them on the Game Pass anymore. You can't really go back on that now. So I'm curious to see what they do. Yeah, well, I think the reason why they're adding more and more of those games to Game Pass is that they've got to be seeing a higher attach rate of Game Pass. Yeah. Now, obviously, they haven't released those numbers, so we don't know that for sure. But they're definitely adding more value to having a Game Pass. And, you know, if they're adding that in and letting people, <coughs> you know, giving people more of a reason to have the Game Pass, then clearly that's working for them. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, if they, they if they're getting good subscribers and attach rate, and then they do add with new exclusives, they might not see a reason to go the other way and take away what they've promised. So, uh, yeah, let's see what happens. Um, what else have you got to talk about? Well, the last game that I've got to talk about is Division Two. Mm. Uh, depending on which version you pre-ordered, you might already be playing it. The gold and uh, what do they call it? There's the uh, um, I remember you said Phoenix yeah before. Yeah, there was gold and Phoenix, but there was something else um, that if you purchased it, Platinum, you, you're already Ultimate, playing. Probably something else like that. Yeah. Yeah. Who who cares? It's <laughs> it's irrelevant at this point. Yeah. But regardless of whether you're already playing it or if you're going to play it on the fifteenth when the game officially officially comes out, uh, you will. The first thing you will have to do is a massive update. On Xbox One and PC, the update is going to weigh in between 48 and 52 gigs, depending on your region and preferred language, mm-hmm. while the PS4 patch will weigh in somewhere between 88 and 92 gigs. On top of that, uh, Ubisoft is going to be rolling out Title Update 1.5. Um, this is also a mandatory update, but it's only around 2 to 3 gigs, depending on platform and region. Uh, this is to address uh, occurrences of audio missing or cutting out uh, during that they experienced during the open beta. Right. Bug fixes. Yeah. That sort of yeah. Stuff. That is a massive file for a bug fix. <laughs> it is. Like, wow. Yeah. Um, what was I downloading the other day? It took a really, really long time. Um, Call of Duty. Uh, what's the most recent one? In, uh, Black Ops 4. Um, it took me. Because I had to pause and. and stop the downloads for different reasons because like i was recording and uploading podcasts during those days and like the wednesday nights and that kind of stuff um so i obviously didn't want it downloading as we were doing podcasts and uploading them because it would have taken even longer and etc um there's a whole like reddit thread on that game of like why is this taking so long on, on ps4 to install and i've like you know uh deleted lots of different stuff and why is this happening and um See, it's interesting that you we bring this up, considering I just like said about all my lack of faith in the whole streaming thing. But once the game has has downloaded and you have got past that problem, because I mean, there's there's problems on both sides. Like if you stream the game, it might just cut out and not work anyway. But downloading is just the case of like the waiting game. But then once that waiting game is over, you can definitely play the game. So. Yeah, and for long-time listeners of the podcast know that up, up until I moved to where I am now, mm. my download times were moronically short, and I couldn't do a lot of the large-file downloadings. I kind of can. I, I can now, and I have that running in the background. So thankfully, you know, it's not nearly as bad as it used to be, but still, you know, if you don't live in an area that has pretty decent and reliable high-speed internet, you're kind of screwed. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so it's just the it's just the case in the future of like games are going to get bigger and you're going to have stuff like this because uh, this isn't the first instance of a really big game. Um, so like, will you prefer to just stream that stuff? Is your internet good enough to do that, or is your or are you comfortable just waiting for downloads and just you know doing something else in the meantime, uh, either playing a different game or leaving it to download as you go to work or whatever you are going to do during the day or whenever you download the game. Um, but I think op- I think more of the case of just option in the future. Like when you go to select a game, do you want to pay for it and stream it straight away, or do you want to pay for it and wait for it to to download? So uh, yeah, or could or could you do both at the same time? Could you stream it and download it? Could you do that well, if you've got like really good internet? In a weird sort of way, you kind of already do stream games. I mean, if you're mm. playing an online game with interactions between other opponents, then that is essentially a streamed game. I mean, granted the bulk of the file is already local on your device but you know the the changes like if you're playing uh, battlefield or overwatch or you know something like that mm-hmm. to where you're interacting with other players essentially that is a stream yeah yeah um it's interesting because when i went to download uh the last of us and uh black ops 4 it said which which side do you want to install first like the single player or the multiplayer and then the other bit will download in the background so um, yeah, it's just going to be the case of options in the future. But going back to the original thing, 90 gigs is a lot. So, yeah. Um, good luck, PS4 users. Which, I might be one of them. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see how that works out. Are you going to be playing The Division when it comes out? I will at least, like, try it. I was, in, I was impressed with the the piece that I played in the beta. I like The Division 1. It's just going to be the case of what is there going to be to do? How much is it going to be single player? How much is it going to be multiplayer? Um, and, like how much of my interest would it kind of hold so yeah. yeah and to be fair the 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 first division game did have a fairly fairly deep involved robust story you know single player campaign even though it there was always that multiplayer dark zone in the background yeah so you you could get a good 20 30 hours of single player game out of the first division and as long as they maintain or you know hopefully even improve that for the second game you know then it's I would call that a win, so... Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, but yes, you can either play it probably now. Uh, I think Greg Miller is, because he, he loves the game and stuff. Um, or you can wait till Friday. So, we'll see what happens. Uh, is that the last thing you said that you had? Uh, the, I do have one more thing. Uh, we were talking about Discless and you know, Download OD. There has been some rumors coming out of some of the Microsoft sites mm. that uh, they're going to offer a Discless Xbox One S. Not an X, but an S. And the rumors are saying that they're going to start pre-orders for that uh, next month. Yeah. Um, I remember three to six months ago we first like talked about this, but now the, the news, uh, the, the pre-order news has, has come up. Um, mm-hmm. interesting to see if they can get this, you know, the, the pre-orders, if they do go up and, um, what the release date exactly will be, if it will be before or after E3 and how much they'll, they'll talk about that. I mean, regardless, they'll probably talk about it at E3, um, and, uh, try and promote it or talk about it or, again, it depends when it comes out and what they want to say about it. Um, it's not something I'm going to get because I still use discs and I mainly play on my PS4 unless it's a exclusive or a FIFA game or Overwatch. Um, I usually play on the PS4, so it's not something I'm going to get. Um, but like I said before, if you're a digital-only person, if you're mainly a Game Pass person and you don't use discs as much, this is probably for you. So, uh, how about you? Uh, I'm not going to, but that's just more because I have no need to replace my one S yeah. I did have the original Xbox 
and then I had to replace that before the S came out. And then when the S went on a good enough sale, I replaced my original Xbox just because I wanted the 4K video with streaming uh, on like on Netflix or you know Hulu or Amazon, okay. and the 4K visuals from like digital games. But I have no reason to do a lateral move like that. If I do ever replace my Xbox in the future, it's going to be an X. Cool. Or maybe you know when the, if they do come out with the next iteration to where it's like a slightly better X with a different letter on it, and then the price of the X comes down, then I might uh, do that. Yep, it, it depends what they're doing with the next Xbox. Because we know that PS5 is probably going to be PS5. Um, I'd be pretty surprised if it was called, like, something else. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they went PS1, 2, 3, 4, so why would they not go with 5? <clears throat> um, yeah. Kind of unclear exactly what the next Xbox is going to be. Is it going to be a new generation leap? Is it going to be a hardware refresh, like what you've talked about before? Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. But uh, yeah, it's not for this. Isn't for either of us. But if you want a cheaper Xbox and you don't use discs, this is probably for you. So, um, all right, that's the last thing that you said you had to talk about. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I've got two uh, news pieces. One's fairly recent, and one came out a few weeks ago. We forgot to talk about it for some reason. Um, <clears throat> I'll talk about that one first. Uh, there's been a is it patent patient patent file patent. Patent um, filed for the PS5, and it's rumored to be backwards compatibility for PS1, 2, 3, and 4. Uh, this patent has been filed twice, or there's been at least two separate news pieces about it. Again, I don't know why we necessarily haven't, haven't talked about this. I think it just kind of kept slipping away. Um, I've heard <clears throat> from lots of different podcasts that like sometimes patents don't mean like a guaranteed thing. They don't necessarily mean like this is what's going to happen. But it's like them sort of filing for something and it's it's almost like a bit of an application. Like you apply for something, you might get it, you might not. Uh, that sort of thing. Obviously it depends on their engineering team, what they can manage to do, how they're going to sort out the PS3 side of things. Um, but we're still pretty sure, I think both of us are still pretty sure that it will at least be PS4 backwards compatible. The other two, the other three rather, have some uh, question marks on them. But uh, what do you make of this uh, pattern? Uh, it's nothing really relevant mm-hmm. uh, for now because you can have a patent on anything. I've seen patents for like interactive fog machines. Okay. You don't even have to build it. You just have to have sketches of what it could do and anything like that. As for them patenting that itself, I don't know why they would. I mean, they own the rights to all of their franchises and all their iterations and all their platforms. So filing a patent for that makes no sense unless there was some like weirdly specific unique piece of physical hardware that had to be there to make it work if they couldn't just software emulate it because you don't patent software you just register it it's trade it's uh, more of a you know intellectual property thing than anything else mm-hmm. it would be very strange if they were like yeah we can do because you can play uh, PS1 games on the Vita and on the PS3 so if they took some of that technology or whatever they need to transfer over to PS5 you could do that um, you can play PS2 classics on the PS4 you can also play, you can also download those on uh, the PS Now thing and um, yeah, the PS2 classics I don't think are on PS3 but the PS1 classics are. PS3 is obviously there sort of like they don't know what they're doing with that because obviously the whole cell processor thing PS4, I'm assuming, is going to be the easiest one because they should already have like the same kind of hardware or whatever they need to do with that. 
Um, so it would be kind of strange if they were like it's backwards compatible with PS One, Two, and Four. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's certain PS Two games that like were made HD for PS Three. There's like HD uh, collections you can get for various different games. So maybe you'll still be able to play those, but those will just be the PS Two versions. Um, and it, I mean, it might end up just being the case of like, okay, the major PS Three exclusives um that haven't been remastered because like you can play because uh, you know uncharted and last of us all of the all of those apart from uncharted 4 uh like the uncharted trilogy and and last of us one are all ps3 games but they were remastered for uh for ps4 um so like is there any major uh, they'd have to look at like what are the major exclusives on ps3 that are specifically ps3 games do we have that we can't put on the PS5? Because like I said with the HD versions of uh, like Ratchet and Clank and Sly Cooper games. Those weren't PS3 games but they were made uh, in HD collections for PS3. So you could miss those and still have the PS2 versions and still be able to play those games. It's just going to depend on things like uh, Infamous and... Uh, was it Little Big... Little Little Big Planet. That I think one of those was a PS3 game. I can't think of PS3 exclusives at the moment. Um, but like some of those games, like how are you gonna deal with that? So, um, but I mean, I mean, it's good news. At least we do have some sort of like information that they're trying to do this. I suppose that's uh, good in that sort of way, like for the news um, sort of portion of this. But w- what would you kind of think if they did do like PS1, two, and four? How would that sort of come across to you? I suppose. Uh, it would actually make the most sense because they always had so much problems with the cell architecture of the PS3. Um, and that's part of the reason why they haven't done backwards compatibility of the PS3 games on the PS4 to this point. And there's also been rumors to where when they can't really get the uh, change your PSN name to work quite right. And there's also been rumors of you know, the possibility of losing access to your PS3 games when they finally, you know, flip that switch and, you know, kick everything over. Um, as to what will actually happen, I mean, nobody will knows until they actually kick it off, so. Right, and reveal what they're doing. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a bright future where PS1, 2, and 4 games are backwards compatible on PS5, and then certain PS3 games like Last of Us and Uncharted Trilogy could just be remastered for PS5. Because uh, if you can do it for Last of Us and Uncharted, why can't you do it for Infamous and the various PS3 games I can't think of? Um, you could just do that. So, Because um, they've been remastering, you know, like Crash and Spyro and Medieval and some of the other ones. And I know that's more on the Activision side of things with Crash and Spyro. But, uh, yeah, it, it might be a case with Sony that they will do it with PS1, 2 and 4. They'll have to miss three and then just remaster some of those games. So we'll just we'll just be again. It's a bit more of a waiting game. So we'll just have to see what happens. But uh, mm. hopefully they have at least some form of backwards compatibility. Because in in terms of the competition between you know Microsoft and Xbox, uh, sorry, uh, Xbox and PlayStation, um, you know PlayStation's got the exclusives, but the slightly lesser hardware, no backwards compatibility or or lack of it. And the Xbox is more of okay. You do have the better hardware and the backwards compatibility, but you don't have the you know the big exclusives that people are talking about. So um, yeah, I guess it's just going to be another case of waiting for the next mm-hmm. iteration of whatever's happening. So uh, Borderlands, are you a fan of Borderlands? 
I played quite a bit of two when it came out. I never got into one. I did like okay. the wacky nature of it, but it just got too grindy after a while. Yes. Did you play the uh, Telltale game? Yes, I did. That was very entertaining. Yeah, that's. Pro- would you? I would say that's the best Borderlands <laughs> game. So, uh, although it's you know more narrative focused, whereas the Borderlands games that aren't the Telltale ones are more like action and shooter focused. Um, Gearbox, the developers of uh, the Borderlands games, tweeted out a photo, and it says, um, <coughs> "There's this what look like what looks like an in Borderlands sort of image." Uh, it says March 28th, Boston, and then MA. I'm not quite sure what the MA means. Uh, is that sort of, sort uh, of in a... America? MA is a, a movie title for mature audience. Okay, but I okay. don't think that is what they're referring to. Although it's possible. Yeah, because I mean they are very mature all... games. So yeah. Um, and there's apparently a PAX that's going on near or on the March 28th. Uh, so uh, PAX Prime, I think. Okay, yeah, there's a lot of different ones I can't keep up. So, um, do you think this is a hint towards Borderlands Three? That would make the most sense. So. Yeah. Um. What did Gearbox last do? There was Borderlands 2 on the PSVR, which apparently wasn't very good. So I There was an Ultimate Collection for a while. Yeah, the uh, Handsome Collection? Handsome Jack, yeah. Yeah, Handsome, yeah. They did the uh, the pre-sequel, which I still don't know what that is or what the story is about, because I never went near it. Um, but would you be interested in a new Borderlands game? Uh, not really, no. Yeah. But I'm. I know there's a lot of people that are huge fans of the franchise, and they would love one. Yep. And you know, more power to them. So. Yeah. Um. I mean, if you think of the franchises that are in a bit of limbo, obviously there's the Konami games, Metal Gear Solid, Castlevania, Silent Hill. Uh, which Silent Hill's probably in the worst position out of all of them. <clears throat> um, there's the Borderlands game, which we haven't seen for a little bit, apart from this VR game, which was Borderlands 2, but just put into VR. Again, I don't ne- necessarily how it worked. I didn't play it. I didn't see it. Um, you can think of things like uh, Left 4 Dead, Half-Life, um, Mirror's Edge, probably. What's the other game I'm, I'm thinking of? Dead Space. Um, mm-hmm. Those sorts of ones. Um... What game kind of in limbo at the moment would you like to, to see come back? Or have a new iteration of some kind? Uh, like what franchise are you kind of missing the most at the moment? Nothing's really jumping out at me just because so many franchises have either something in the works mm-hmm. or something that you know we kind of know about. Um, you know, we got uh, the updates that they talked about on the uh, Inside Xbox for State of Decay 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got. We know there's a Halo game coming around eventually. We know there's a Skyrim game coming around eventually. Uh, we know there's a um, couple, three other games that I'm blanking on at the top of my head. There's nothing really that's been languishing for a while that I think would have a good chance to have a revival. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that we all see most obviously is people want Half Life to come back. Uh, a lot of people do talk about Dead Space, and there was an in- interview with. Game Informer a few days ago, where the someone behind the game, I can't, I can't remember if it's the director or the creator or whatever, said he wants to do a uh, sequel. I guess that's up to EA because didn't they close down the studio that was behind that? I think that they did. So I think ish. Yeah, because they closed down a whole bunch of studios. So, um, yeah, for me it would be probably Mirror's Edge because, like, although I'm waiting for you know Crash Bandicoot Four, which we all know, 
Um, I did just recently have, you know, the whole fix of the Insane Trilogy and the Crash Team Racing thing is going to come out this year. So it's not like it's not like that franchise is quiet at the moment because we've had recent releases and there's going to be another one. But yeah, Mirror's Edge came out in what twenty sixteen was it? I think it was 2008, the first one, and then it was eight years, and then 2016, if I'm remembering that right. About, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the game, uh, like, Catalyst didn't do very well. Catalyst was the was the second one, was the sequel. Actually, it was a prequel. Um, was the second one, and it didn't do very well, and then the whole thing just went very, very quiet, so I wouldn't expect to see a new one, but I'd very much like that. Um, Dead Space is something I've heard about enough to where I want to try it, um, but obviously before a full film comes comes out I've still got the first three to play if I do like them so that's that as well um but yeah that's that's kind of most of the franchises at the, at the moment so um I mean Spider-Man has just kind of come back into gaming and TV and film um what's the other one like God of War's kind of come back and uh Last of Us 2 I'm very excited for so um yeah I mean we've got plenty of stuff to play and watch at the moment so that's good as well um those are the two kind of main news pieces I had as well um and I think, is that the, yeah, that's the end of the show, I think, for this week. Um, so thank you all very much for listening. You can find all the content that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org. If you'd like to submit uh, questions, comments, those sorts of things, um, Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, there's the contact page as well. And there should also be the information in your show notes if you look in there. Uh, there's an email box where you can put in your uh, email and your comment. I'll see that as well if you send that to me. Uh, if you'd like to support the podcast, support Entertainment Talk, patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. That's where you can go and redeem rewards for reviews of your choice. Amazon affiliate link, that's where you can shop on Amazon. We'll get a small cut of what you spend. It won't cost you anything extra. iTunes feeds, please rate, review, and subscribe to those as well. Uh, what's the other thing? Word of mouth. Uh, probably the best way to support us, word of mouth. Uh, just tell your friends, family, people that you know, people maybe that, that, you, uh, that you work with. Uh, people that you see on social media talking about all these films, games, and TV shows. Let them know about our content, and they can discover it for themselves as well. Uh, retweet them on Twitter, share them on Facebook, put them in different Facebook groups. That all helps us out as well. Um, and yeah, video games. If you'd like to watch me, Robert, or David play different video games, me and David have got Twitch streaming channels, and Robert's got one on Mixer. Thank you all very much for listening, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>